1: chase thomas podcast. the chase
0: thomas podcast Um, my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it all right hello welcome back chase thomas podcast taping this on a thursday evening old friend howard beck one of my favorite nba writers for many years howard and someone who told me one of my favorite rick fox stories that uh, a lot of folks enjoyed uh when i clipped that one up and uh that's still something that I get like notifications on. Like I didn't know wow. that about Rick Fox. And um that was uh that was a big hit. Like everyone was surprised to know that Rick Fox is someone you would never guess is uh actually a extremely likable, nice human being and a very different player than or a different person than who he is as a player on the basketball court. Howard, how are you?
1: Uh, doing well, like Rick Fox, I'm a much different person in real life than on the court.
0: So Mm. yeah. How are you on the court? Are you aggressive? Are you a defensive first guy? Do Uh, you talk trash? How does it go for uh, you?
1: Uh, slow and inept on the Mm. court. That's what I am on the court. Um, Do you still play? Old and and broken down. Uh, no, no. Uh, the, the last time I attempted to play basketball, which I was never all that great at in the first place, Mm. uh, was in 2012 while on the Nets beat the Nets were in LA to play the Lakers. Uh, they finished practicing at the, uh, what they refer to as the old men's gym at UCLA mm. and they left and some of the beat writers picked up a few balls that were off the rack and said, Hey, let's play. And I was like, eh, no, I should really go right. Mm. And I, uh, I let myself get talked into it. And like 30 minutes later had blown out my knee. So did you um, actually blow out your knee? Oh yeah. ACL meniscus. Uh, yeah. And I was on the road. So the next day, um, well, so the, the next day was the game. I still covered the game, (laughs) flew Mm -hmm. home. It was Thanksgiving weekend. Couldn't see a surgeon or a, you know, an orthopedist or anybody to check me out for like a week. So I was just walking around, uh, with a blown out knee. I didn't even know it was blown out. Um,
0: no swelling or anything.
1: It didn't really swell, which it normally Mm -hmm. does. And so, um, finally got in to see an orthopedist at the hospital for special surgery here in New York, who then said by just testing my knee with his hands said, you, you tore your ACL. And I said, Why? It doesn't seem that bad. He's like, No, no, no trust me. Uh, he goes, I'm going to send you for an MRI because that's what we do. Um, but I'll bet you a dollar right now and you're going to lose your dollar. And he was right because the man knows his stuff. Uh, so did you do surgery shout, and everything? The whole deal? Shout out to Dr. Howard Rose. Uh, yeah, got surgery. Got uh, that. Uh, took a couple months because mm. you're on a waiting list because we're not pro athletes. Yeah. And uh, eventually, I, yeah, I had uh, reconstructive <laughs> ACL surgery and meniscus repair and uh in like january of 2013 so no i am not getting back on a basketball court <laughs> <laughs> except it is funny. To, except to chase down players occasionally
0: yeah i uh it, it's funny like i broke i don't know if we last recorded before or after my wedding um september of last year it, my one year anniversary is actually uh in ten days. Happy anniversary thank you marriage is awesome uh marry uh the right person and marriage is the best thing in the world it's Indeed. uh it's fun Being, hanging out with your best friend every day is cool. Um, but I broke my foot, uh, the week of my wedding running and I've been a long, I've been a runner for many, many years, Howard. And I was almost like the worst part. I was so close to my house. Like I was almost done with the run and I was jogging in place at a stoplight and my foot just like, I like my foot got caught on the sidewalk as I planted to go off into the road. And it just like, kind of, it just crumbled. (sighs) And when I say I'm wearing like noise cancelling beats, like I don't hear anything in those. And I heard the pop. I was like, uh-oh. "Uh oh, uh oh, and I've never broken anything. And I got all that. But it speaks to what your doctor said, where it was like, yeah, when you just get older and just things uh, you're you're on a waiting list and we're not pro athletes. When I <laughs> uh, went in, they were like, because I did research as one does and was like, who's I actually had the same injury that Michael Jordan had in 85. And because there you Michael, go. Yes, I, I went through this whole thing and I was looking at all of it and all the different athletes who had it because we're going to have a similar uh, comeback story. And I looked at it and I was like, um, he started playing and all that. And he, Michael was just insane. Michael like made the Bulls agree to him apparently to let him play half the game with the broken foot. So like instead of, of they wouldn't let him play the full game in 85. So he played like half um, of the amount of time that he wanted to and that was like, where they came to but same injury And I, as a person who had a broken foot i have no idea he played basketball with that kind of injury but yeah an avulsion fracture in your navicular bone and i remember uh i was like oh am i gonna need surgery or anything i was like well yeah if you were like in the nfl or an nba player we would we would go ahead and immediately get surgery and you would do all that and you'd be back in a month um but you're... We're gonna just do con- <laughs> the conservative route, and you're just gonna have some pain for a long time. We're gonna be the boot and everything Thanks. else, and you might have some arthritis, yeah. and you might have some. They're like, you're not a pro athlete. It's like one of those things. You're just, we're yeah. not gonna treat you the same.
1: Yeah, like, like really we need, need We need to be reminded of our uh, of our second class status hey. as uh, amateur athletes.
0: But also, I'm, I'm glad I I'm not built for that. I don't want to travel all the time. I don't want to be a professional athlete. It seems like a grind. Too much going on all the time.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd take it would you
0: <laughs> oh yeah
1: i do no, I, I think i i, I listen the, 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 there's a lot of pressure yeah. there's a lot of demands um it's a crazy lifestyle but you know you you make enough especially now in yeah. you know three four five years that even if you had a career-ending injury five years in you'd still be set for life and so would your next generation and the generation after that probably so that's um, true plus you know looks like fun yeah I, I, I'd, I'd take it sure
0: okay cool. I just wouldn't... I I would read it. I'd be the person. I'd be Kevin Durant. If I was a star athlete, I'd be Kevin Durant. Is because I would be looking at it and I'm like, burner accounts? I'd have burner (laughs) accounts. I'd be like, look, Chase is trying his best, man. Like, Chase is out here. He's (laughs) doing what he... Leave Chase (laughs)
1: alone. Chase is all about the grind, man. Chase said.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's... uh, Just being honest, that's just probably something that would not... uh, I'd be like KD in in that respect. Um, Probably the only time I'll ever say I would probably be like uh, you've Kevin. now
1: compared yourself to Michael Jordan and Kevin Durant in the last five minutes, Chase. I think we maybe we should probably get to the NBA topics before you end up comparing yourself to like, you know, Ali or something. Like Well hold
0: on. <laughs> the, the, the night's still young, Howard. If I can find a way to figure out to get to that point where I compare myself to Muhammad Ali in some fashion with some injury or whatever, I, I mean, I'm ready for it. But Why not Beyonce stead-
1: while you're at it. You know, let's <laughs> let's just, you know,
0: well, we're a Taylor Swift household. My wife is big yeah. into; she's Swiftie, not part of the Beehive. But go. I have to be careful here because I like both very strong fan bases. I don't have a take though. I'm uh, yeah, no take there.
1: They're great. Take. They're
0: awesome. Um, but Howard, speaking of two teams that were awesome during this last playoff run that I'm curious about. And this is something that I've been thinking about a lot this off season and Christian Wood uh, signing with the Lakers filling out their roster, thinking about their off season and then thinking about the heat who are still in waiting, uh, and what happens ultimately with Damian Lillard. Um, I've been thinking like of the two, and I wanted to pick your brain here. Of those two teams that had the deep playoff run that neither that just most media did not see coming uh, another bottom seed uh, advancing super far and uh, just really doing a whole lot more uh, come postseason than many of us had anticipated. But Howard, when you look at what they did this offseason and let's just operate on the assumption that Damian Lillard still finds his way to Miami to make this. I mean, let's just operate under that assumption. If that does end up happening, who? do you believe is more likely to have that kind of run again next year? Who's most likely to replicate that in your estimation?
1: I mean, replicating for the Lakers means going to the conference finals and getting smoked. getting Mm -hmm. swept. Replicating for the heat means going to the NBA finals and getting smoked by the same team that smoked the Lakers the round before. Mm -hmm. Um, But if we're going to go like apples to apples, like who just, who's more likely to have the deeper run who's Mm going to be eliminated later next spring if we're going to work on the assumption that the heat have Damian Lillard, then it's the heat. Interesting. Yeah, for a bunch of reasons. If they don't have Dame, then it's the Lakers mm-hmm. for a bunch of other reasons. <laughs> um, so let's go with the Dame is a, a heat, a heater, a heatle,
0: a heatle, he, he, mm-hmm.
1: something he's hot. Heater, right? Um, heater, right. Uh, if Damian Lillard's with the heat with, with Jimmy Butler and Bam out of bio and whatever else is left, you know obviously Tyler Hero is out the door in that scenario but i think most of the supporting cast is still there look if there's one knock that that ha, that we've had on the heat and certainly that i've had a concern for them the last couple of years and the reason i did not see a finals run coming mm. <laughs> aside from their aside from their eighth place finish um, or seventh place finish in the east um it's that they just didn't have enough offensive firepower there wasn't enough dynamism in the offense they didn't have that go-to scorer jimmy butler can be that guy sometimes and he do- does become that guy in the playoffs often but he doesn't do it during the regular season and he can't do it every night in the playoffs and bam is an amazing player who does all kinds of things well but he's not the guy who you say hey we need 30 tonight go get it for us Mm. and they don't really have anybody else who does that you know maybe tyler hero on occasion damian lillard solves their biggest problem in terms of offensive dynamism Mm. offensive versatility uh just scoring pop period and at, at at the highest level and playmaking to go with it, because they do lack a little playmaking too. So um, and then they've lost, you know, willingly essentially lost Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. Those mm. that was like, like literally their their fourth and fifth guys in minutes in the playoffs. So if we're talking about the Heat node Lillard, that's a that's a huge difference because you also lost two really important role players. If you're getting Lillard, then it's obviously a net gain, and and fine, okay. The extrusion fits were really good for them, but whatever. You'd rather have Damian Lillard, um, and and the thing is too, as we're comparing Lakers versus Heat, who's going to make the, the deeper run? We'll get to the Lakers in a second, but just at a glance, while the the East has been the stronger conference the last couple of years, the top of the West is getting really tight, and the East. Look, the Bucks are a little wonky. The Heat obviously beat them in the first round. And yeah, they had injuries and there's a, there a bunch of caveats there. But still, they, they beat them. The Celtics made a really bold but definitely risky move in swapping out Marcus Smart for Chris Tapp's Porzingis, who's already hurt. Um, and those are the two, you know, the, the, the Heat's finals run aside, the Bucs and the Celtics have been the teams we, we've penciled in the last couple of years as the top teams in the East. Mm. The Sixers have this whole James Harden fiasco to, to deal with still. The Cavs are good, but I don't know if they're great. The Knicks are good, but I don't know that they're great. There's no, there's nobody else great. And meanwhile, and so anyway, so the so the Heat, their weird regular season, their lackluster regular season, notwithstanding, last year, obviously have the potential to make a finals run. They just did. They obviously mm. can beat Celtics and the Bucs in the playoffs. They just did. If they get Damian Lillard, they're that much better positioned to do that. And I don't think they have to worry about anybody but those two teams. Mm. Whereas with the Lakers. The Suns have a super team of sorts. I'm not buying yeah. the Suns. I'm not convinced of the Suns and I don't think they're an actual super team, but they have the veneer of a super team. They have the, mm. the name power um, and they're going to have to be reckoned with. Whether you think they're going to win the West or not, they have to be reckoned with. They're going to be a factor. The Nuggets are, are the clear favorites in the West. So there's two. The Warriors are a, were a better team at the end of the season than they were at the start. And now they've got Chris Paul uh in for Jordan Poole and I think I think the Warriors have improved. Hmm. Um and the Clippers we can laugh, laugh all we want and throw all the asterisks we want about Kawhi Leonard Paul George and their health but they've got a lot. They got a lot going for them. They've got a lot of talent and who knows they might end up with James Harden to boot. So Nuggets Suns Warriors Clippers at minimum. Hmm. And the Lakers have to to deal with that thicket of of teams. I haven't even mentioned the Grizzlies and the Kings who were top three teams in the West last season who yeah. are young and improving and I think will still be in the mix. I haven't mentioned the Dallas Mavericks who will have, again, I've I got my skepticism, but Luke is a top five player in the NBA and a full season in a training camp with Kyrie Irving and with some other additions that they've made, including no, Grant still Williams. Still might trade
0: for Capella. We'll see.
1: We'll see. Mm. Um, Anthony Edwards is looking awfully good at the World Cup, so mm-hmm. don't discount the Wolves. Uh, the Thunder are everybody's new darling, young, up-and-coming team that maybe it's too soon to say they're going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be good. Pelicans are... They were number one in the West in December. Pelicans were, were, were really, really great in December um, before mm-hmm. Zion got hurt again. So like if like, Zion
0: plays, they're a top-four seed. Like, if Zion plays... How many games does it does he need to play for them to be... It's the weirdest issue 60, in the NBA. 665 60, Yeah.
1: 60, 65, yeah.
0: Isn't that crazy? Um, like, yeah. with... And without Zion, like they're maybe the best team in the West versus a play-in team. So
1: Mm. I've just named like, I don't know, 10 teams or something. It's a crazy roadmap. The the West is really tough is the point. And even Mm -hmm. if you want to say, well, okay, but the Mavs and the Wolves and the Thunder and the Pelicans are not teams that are going to threaten to be top four teams. Yeah, probably not. But for the Lakers to make a deep run, look, the Lakers and the Heat were the first teams since we created the play in which is only a few years old. So they're the first ones to like to launch from play in to deep playoff run, right? Conference mm-hmm. finals for the West finals for the uh, conference finals for the Lakers finals for the heat. I don't think that should be considered some new normal. Even, mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't think we should think that, that most seasons it's possible for a team to go from play in or seventh or eighth seed to finals or conference. Finals. It's just like mm-hmm. the, his, the entire history of the league tells us that's not likely as, easy, yeah. as much parody as there is right now. It's still not likely to happen. But for the Lakers to make a top, to, to make a deep run, that means they've got to be probably a top four or five team. And I, I listed all the teams, Suns, Warriors, Clippers, everybody else, uh, Nuggets. It's it's just going to be a gauntlet. And I mm. don't think the Heat have to run that same kind of gauntlet. The the Heat, the East is, is top heavy and has a lot of good, not great teams after that.
0: I just wonder too, like they're kind of tied at the hip. It's kind of funny, like going back to the bubble, the Heat and the Lakers are just these... The white walkers of the nba that we just keep <laughs> waiting for them to go away and they're just not going away like you just are like that they have to be out of gas now right like they this has to be it and you're like no they're they still have enough gas they still have some juice well, for another potential playoff i mean deep playoff front
1: so i look like the lakers had this great off season, right like we're yeah. all praising them like you know all right, christian wood he's got his flaws but hey on a lakers team that's stacked and that already has anthony davis and lebron james christian wood doesn't need to do a ton just yeah. like you know, catch the ball near the basket and put it in. Um, Especially when deep, AD play, wants
0: to play more of the four again. We see yeah. that. Like, that man loves playing the four. He's, he's, he's <laughs> every offseason, like, I'd rather play a little bit more of the four. His
1: favorite number. Mm-hmm. Um, they still gave Vincent from the Heat. Uh, they signed Torrin mm-hmm. Prince. They got Jackson Hayes, Cam Reddish. They kept Austin Reeves. Um, like, it's, it was a, a pretty great offseason for the Lakers. and it's And it's been a nice run ever since they made those trades at the trade deadline to fix what was a very broken roster. Mm-hmm. So, all great all great. It still all depends on LeBron James and Anthony Davis staying healthy. And LeBron James has 8 billion minutes under his belt now. And every season becomes that much more likely that he's going to lose another half step or play that many fewer games because you recover slower at this age. And so the Lakers could like, could they go back to the conference finals? Sure. Is there even a scenario where I could see them making the finals? Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, but there's some pretty big what ifs for the Lakers because of LeBron's age and LeBron and Anthony Davis's injury histories. And on the Heat side, it's the same thing. Like mm. Kyle Lowry's 37. Um, Bam Adebayo's still young. A lot of the other players there are young, but um, Dame, if they get him, is not young. And Jimmy Butler's not young. And he doesn't just have miles, he's got hard miles on him mm. because of the way Jimmy plays. Jimmy's turning 34 next week, by the way. Yeah. Um, and so. What was he out
0: there doing in tennis? He was doing something in tennis this past week. What have seen uh, he doing? was at the US Open. Uh, yeah, was, wasn't he doing, he doing some, something? Was he doing uh, a Kramer? Was he doing the ball boy I think thing? he might've done
1: the Kramer. Yeah. Right? I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, that, that's uh, yeah. I think that's right. Mm. Um, anyway, um, Kevin Love, also a great addition by the Heat, who mm. they brought back, also old. So just both of these teams have some age volatility and, and, and age concerns. And so I, I, I don't mind... The idea of, of of penciling in either of them as deep playoff teams, right, as contenders mm-hmm. of sorts, could could they could either or both make the finals? Yes, but they both have some some very obvious concerns when it comes to uh, the age and health of their personnel.
0: I like it. Uh, speaking of teams with concerns and question marks here, a team these two teams. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, Howard, the Knicks and the Nets.
1: I'm vaguely familiar with them.
0: I thought you might be especially uh, don't play basketball after covering the Nets, folks. Uh, that's uh, def- <laughs> definitely don't do that Big, uh, big mistake. No, uh, definitely do not do that. But I am very curious because the Knicks have this great year. They kind of overachieve in a lot of ways. Jalen Brunson proves that he can run his own team and play at a really high level. Mikhail Bridges plays really well for the Nets down the stretch. They kind of flame out in the postseason. The Knicks upset the Cavs like they kind of have this great year. Knicks fans are kind of like, oh, RJ Barrett, maybe he's going to be okay. Like they're kind of warming up to RJ Barrett after this point. Like Julius Randle had a I just feel like it's just always going to be like this with Julius Randle. It's just always going to be up and down. Like I I, I refuse to believe that we're now just Julius is awesome all the time now and that Knicks fans are going to love him at every point uh, from here on out. But I was thinking about both the rosters, what they've done this summer and how many games they won a year ago. And I don't think it's that clear. I wonder if Knicks fans think it's that clear. I wonder if Nets fans think it's that clear. But, Howard, when you look at where both teams are at now and there's no super team to start off the year to kind of cloud where the Nets actually were record-wise um, as a whole last year, who do you think actually wins more games this year? Is it the Nets? Uh, wow, well, I just got two names. Uh, the Nets or the Knicks?
1: Oh, man. Um, this is a really fun question. I hadn't really considered it until you threw it at me uh, in the... In the- uh show notes that you sent me in advance. And I I I thought about this for a while because like there's a my snap reaction would have been like, oh of course it's the Knicks, but mm-hmm. it's it's maybe not that obvious. Um and the difficulty in assessing it really is that the Nets, you know, obviously they they blew up a a viable contender. Again, mm-hmm. not a team I really believed in as a contender, but whatever. They were playing at a contender level when they blew themselves up uh thanks to Kyrie. Mm-hmm. Um and so the team they now have, you know, had a you know a month and a half, two months, whatever to play together. Um, Mikhail Bridges, you know, seems to be making strides before our eyes. I mean, starting with the moment he got well, starting while he was still in Phoenix, even in the moments that he was filling in for Devin Booker at times, um, and and had the ball in his hands a lot more. Certainly, his run with the Nets, where he had a lot more uh, responsibility with the ball in his hands as, as as both scorer and playmaker. And then we've seen you know, obviously, he's had some great moments uh, for Team USA. Um, like, what is a Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton, Dorian Finney Smith team. And with, yeah. and, and, and with the ghost of Ben Simmons lurking, there, are uh, doing, I don't know what, something, um, maybe making a, a, a tremendous comeback and becoming an all star type player again, or, or maybe not. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Ben Simmons anymore. Um, but if there's still an all-star lurking in Ben Simmons, plus the other d- players I just named, I haven't even mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie and some others, but like, there's a lot of talent there. Mm. There's no A plus talent there. There's no MVP candidate in there, I don't think. Um, but there's some guys who can make some all NBA teams. Certainly mm-hmm. Bridges um, and and Simmons has in the past, the, the not so distant past. Yeah. Um, and Nick Claxton had a really good season last year for the Nets. Um, yeah. So I I I don't know what that all becomes i think if if i had if i you know if i had to you know make the snap judgment right now here on on september 7th the knicks win more games but they're closer in the standings than maybe a lot of people would expect and the nets have more upside i think hmm. um because of the 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 relative ages here right like you know bridges and cam johnson are in their primes and claxton still young and, and dorian finney smith um again i, I don't want to bank a lot on the ben simmons renaissance but but that's that's possible um mm-hmm. plus they've got a bazillion picks including all those suns picks and sun swaps like they're they're one of the best teams uh, or one of the best position teams in the league yeah to make a, a blockbuster trade or to make any trade if even if they just thought you know what we need an upgrade at point guard or we need mm-hmm. an upgrade a at, at backup set whatever it is they've got so much in the hopper to deal that if they want to make an in-season deal even a smaller one because, ah, you know what, we're, we're, we're good, but we think we could be a little better. Or maybe we think we've got, we got a shot to, to crack the top four in the East. They've got all the means in the world to do that. Now, the Knicks have a lot of picks to work with as well, to be clear. Um, but I feel like there's a, like, I don't want to say there's a ceiling on what the Knicks have. Julius Randle has been all NBA and then really, really disappointing and then all NBA again. And I don't know if that means he's due to be really disappointing again. He already disappointed in the playoffs. He was banged up, but whatever. Like Julius Randall is just one of these guys who it's like, I just, I, I don't know that you can rely on him or say that this is, this is a clear foundational player. Jalen Brunson, absolute revelation. And still obviously in his prime and still growing. Um, they've got other guys with upside, you know, uh, you know quickly, Grimes, Barrett. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm not... I'm not sure how much more growth there is there or how much, how much higher the ceiling is going to get for the Knicks as constructed. My, my gut with the Knicks is they need to swap out Julius Randall for a, a, a true second star to pair with Brunson. That's my gut. My gut is that they still need that other guy. Um, and then, you know, solid supporting cast. Um, and, and yeah. And plus, by the way, Nets versus Knicks, the Knicks have all the continuity, right? Like this is a team that's, that's had its core together for multiple seasons. Um, It's only Brunson's second season, but the rest of that group, you know, have been there for a while. Tibbs has been there for a while. Um, The, the Nets are still very new to each other. Mm. Um, Also like the Dante DiVincenzo pickup by the Knicks. I'm not sure that he fills the biggest need for them. And they've got a little bit of a glut um, at the guards and wings, but, uh, you know, they're, they're a really solid team and I think chances are they're going to win a few more games in the nets. I just don't think it's going to be by, by a ton.
0: That's fair. Um, that's fair. Uh, Howard, last thing here, this is going to happen. Someone's just like mine that I have lurking is probably the Grizzlies, uh, the Kings and Grizzlies. You earlier it was for who i thought about first and the west is going to be crazy and someone good for last year in the west is going to miss the playoffs this year mm-hmm. part of it might be injuries part of it might just be jaws out no tyus jones to manage those first 20-ish games and you lose a lot of ground and then suddenly you're fighting for a play-in spot like jaron jackson and does is he...
1: derrick rose oh, and marcus smart they'll yeah, be fine that's
0: i don't know i don't know i that's my pick is i think the grizzlies miss the playoffs um mm. jaron jackson you need another full. fully healthy year like the,
1: 51 wait 51 wins in second place in the west to out of the playoffs are they even making the play in chase
0: no wow. i think this is going to be a terrible year wow. for memphis i think it's right. gonna you're going to go of, you're going
1: to go viral in memphis
0: i don't look memphis <laughs> when they're all playing together they're fun um but i i said forever like all when right. memphis when it ends for memphis it's going to end quickly and it's going to stink because it's yeah. going to be like probably a lot of injury stuff with jaw and jaren with the way they play and just their history to this point where you're like man this kind of blows like because the best version of it is one of the nba's best teams and i just i would it's just with that kind of core and with yeah. just the best version of jaren's like tim duncan and the best version of jaw is derrick rose and you're like that's an awesome team that can win a title and i just don't think it's going to ever the stars are going to align in the way right. that they need it to I um and this and they're kind of locked in now desmond Bain got a good dollars so we'll see how uh how that works for him because he's going to be uh, incredibly important for those first 20 games to keep uh things topsy-turvy but from getting topsy-turvy but that's my thing is i'm looking at the grizzlies as the one to watch Where if they get off to a really bad start and dig themselves a big hole all right for you though a team that made the playoffs last year, Howard, when you scan that, who do you think misses it? Because someone's going to do it. Someone's going to miss the playoffs. That's going to surprise a lot of people. Who is it for you?
1: Oh, man. Um, I may have misread. I think I was looking at this through the prism of who missed, who was going to make it. Um, oh, yeah.
0: No, the opposite. Yeah.
1: Um, And so, but but, you know, one thing implies the other, right? If someone's going to make mm. the playoffs who didn't, then somebody has to fall out. And so, like, that is... It's a really interesting exercise because I right, start with with the East, um, you know, t- to me, like, you know, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, regardless of what happens with Harden, they're mm. making the playoffs. Cavs and Knicks are in. Nets could fall out if everything goes awry, but I don't think there's too much talent there for them to mm. fall out. I think the Hawks are always weird. So if I'm going to pick a team to fall out in the East, it's probably the Hawks.
0: Oh, Howard. Oh, that means things went really bad, by the way, if the Hawks missed the playoffs. Well, but I mean, listen,
1: they, they just Trayon's gave away gone. John Collins for free. And um, so, I, I, I mean, what what have the Hawks done to really fortify themselves?
0: They ran it back. They're they running it back, back, Howard.
1: They're running it back, and they've got a new coach, uh, new-ish coach, yeah. right? They, they did the midseason thing. But um, so, hey, look, you know, uh, training camp with Quinn Snyder. Maybe maybe they become. but I, the Hawks have been nothing but – an underachiever for the last yeah. couple of years so I, it's not it's not a stretch to say that's a team that could fall out they were yeah whatever um by 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 playing they were seventh but by record they were what were they eighth yeah so um
0: Trey young's gone I, in this scenario by the way folks if yeah, that but, happens again
1: young's well they, gone. they that, that may all right i'm gonna leave that one alone um i had a thought but i'm leaving it alone. Uh the thing is in the east I don't think any team is really ready to jump in maybe Toronto if they just get their stuff together because again mm. un- underachieving team that should be better than they have been and they've got moves to make and I don't know what those moves if they're going in the direction of re- of slight rebuild retool or if they're going the- in the re- direction of trying to fix themselves on the fly and if, you know they lost Fred van vliet so I I should just pencil them in for a step backwards anyway mm. um I just have a, a weird uh, faith in the Raptors to straighten themselves out, but but maybe that's a year away. Um, the Pacers are going to be everybody's darling pick to to make a big leap, but I don't know if they're ready to make a big leap, big enough leap to make the playoffs. I think in ch- chances are, the East's eight playoff teams are the same next spring as they were this past spring. In hmm. the West, I'm not ready to write off the Grizzlies as you are, hater. Um, and um, I I just it's really hard to knock somebody out of that the eight that made. The playoffs in the west and
0: knock I, so I, the kings out howard you know you want to you know no, you want to no, no, you no, know you want to do that. this you cover the lakers for so long it's one of your it's a I laker went, pastime i'm knock a northern
1: California native and mm-hmm. i went to school at uc davis just down the road from sacramento so i'm not about to play the role of Kings. hey Gator. we
0: love uc davis here in knoxville we got mccallan castles <laughs> who played tight end at uc davis All last right. year he's there pretty we
1: good go, go aggies yeah. um I I, like the Grizzlies and Kings. I have said this and I'll, and I will, I don't mind standing by this. Like the Grizzlies and Kings were the second and third best teams in the West last year, but it was a weird year in the West and Mm. a bunch of teams finished the season as stronger than what their record would suggest. That includes the Suns, of course, and who only have gotten stronger since that includes the Lakers. That includes the warriors. Chances are the Grizzlies and Kings are not going to be in the top four again this coming season. I I don't think they will be, Um, but I'm not ready to knock them out of the playoff uh, field entirely. The the sore thumb in this is is the Timberwolves. Obviously, mm-hmm. now uh, Anthony Edwards is a great um and you know if if Cat is healthy, Cat Rudy Gobert like we're we're still back to the do those guys even fit together? Does it make sense? Are they going to hold on to Cat? Are they going to trade Cat? Um, I'm not sold on the Timberwolves, at, but the thing is again like who's knocking them out? Is it the Thunder, everyone's new darling uh, team? Um, is it the Pelicans with a healthy Zion? Is it the Luka Kyrie thing in Dallas, like those are the three candidates to bust into the playoff field, but someone has to fall out. And I don't Mm -hmm. think it's anybody in those, in that top seven. Like I I, I think it's, if the Pelicans are going to make it, it's at the expense of the wolves. I think if the, if the Mavericks are going to make it, it's at the expense of the wolves. And I don't think two teams are going to fall out. So there's the other fun thing, right? Mm. Like the Mavericks have this imperative to make the playoffs or the clock is ticking on Luca. Um, the Pelicans are on, you know, year whatever of of if Zion can only stay healthy, we'll be. Well, you know, how many more uh, attempts at, at this formula are you going to have? The Thunder have no imperative to make it. They're just good enough that they might, you know, make a leap. Yeah. But um, we're not going to see two or three new teams in the playoffs in the West, I don't think, unless something catastrophic happens.
0: Is there a chance the Rockets are a team that makes the playoffs and makes no. the plan? No. OK.
1: I don't think so. There's too, many, great there's too experiment. many teams too many teams to leapfrog yeah and, and the jazz are going to be you know solid at, at least yeah um and the trailblazers are going to be at least interesting hell trailblazers might still have damian lillard on the roster to start the season probably you know, so
0: what do you think do you think he's gone before the year
1: i don't know i mean i you know i said this somewhere else earlier in the week um the one thing about the NBA is that the early the early weeks of a season are always this kind of clarifying period mm. where you know everybody loves their off season. Everybody's great. We got everybody we wanted. We drafted the guys we wanted, made the trades we wanted, um, whether they're a contender, whether they're a hopeful playoff team, whatever they are. everybody's happy on on opening night. And then two, three weeks in, you're like, eh, all right, so we, we made a <laughs> couple of bad bets. we we overestimated some of our young guys, and um, it's time to start thinking about retooling. The reason I bring that up is that if Damian Lillard starts the season with the Blazers because Portland doesn't like Miami's trade offer and and is is holding out for better, whether it's from Miami, whether it's involving a third team, uh, whether somebody else decides to take a chance on mm. on Dame and say, you know, hey, you're under contract for four years, we're going to trade for you. You're, you're you're it's not like you're going to hold out. He won't. Mm. Um, so they could do that, but it won't be until you get a, a you know two three maybe even four weeks into the season before teams have that reckoning. Mm. And the reason it's important, not so much because I think somebody's going to swoop in and be a different team to acquire Dame, a a different team that's not Miami, although I think that's plausible. More likely is that I really think they need a third team in this or maybe even a Mm. fourth team in this so that Portland gets all the pieces that they feel like they need. If they don't want Tyler Hero, they need somewhere else to divert him. Mm. Um, If they want more picks or younger players or whatever it is, you need to get another team involved. And there's more likely for a team to want to get involved once they've all had that early season reckoning. So that's that's hmm. the ration, That that's the argument. And that's you know I've heard that from some people around the NBA who are kind of like, you know what, whether it's with the James Harden situation or the Damian Dillard situation, uh, those guys might very well still be on on their respective rosters come opening night. But give it a few weeks, and that's when things might sort out.
0: Interesting. Howard, what can the good folks check out from you across the internet this week?
1: Uh, Nothing at the moment. I'm in a little Mm -hmm. bit of a pause here. A transition phase, uh, you could say. Um, But they can find me on Twitter at Howard Beck. And they can always find all of my written work on my Authory page. That's author with a Y on the end. Authory.com backslash Howard Beck. And all my past work for GQ Sports most recently. And before that, Sports Illustrated, Bleacher Report, New York Times, uh, all of my stuff is there and wherever I am writing next, stay tuned. Um, those stories will also on, uh, find their way to uh, my authory page.
0: There you go. I'm excited. And also, as always, whenever you're on the the pod, Howard, I want to make sure. Go buy the Pearl Hunter. Go go buy the book. Thank it's, you. Right there. it's right
1: appreciate there. Appreciate it. Right behind my uh, left shoulder here.
0: Yeah. Go buy it. Support. Uh, Howard, thank you so much for the time. As always, I greatly appreciate it. You have yourself a great rest of your evening and we'll have to do this again soon.
1: Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Chase. Thanks. Thanks, Howard. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.